Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I actually think this is the first Friday show that we have done. So congratulations that we did the show and that you are listening to it. And if you're listening to it on one of the major platforms, please leave a good review because that will help other people listen to and enjoy the podcast. So we got a lot to get to, but I'll tell you, there's kind of a main theme that I want to focus on on today's podcast. And that has to do with this housing market. And I understand that there's a obvious inventory problem. We've talked about it many a times. It's, it's almost impossible to find a house anywhere. So I understand that that's a problem. But outside of that, and that's a big problem. I get it. It's a big problem. But outside of that, this seems like the perfect housing market. And I'm going to explain why that is. So first, I want to start with some data that we got from Adam Data Solutions. They had a report that looked at opportunity zones. Now, you may not know what an opportunity zone was. And if you don't, don't feel bad because I didn't know what it was. I mean, when I read, I said, oh, okay, I think I've heard about that. So opportunity zones are defined as census tracts in or alongside low-income neighborhoods that meet various criteria for redevelopment. So it's places that the government believes there's an opportunity to build. And I think in some cases there's... You know, tax benefits if you build in some of these places. And so they're places that the government would like to see and are encouraging developers to develop. And I'll tell you, they are really living up to their name because there was a lot of opportunity that was taken advantage of in the first quarter of 2021. So first off, 75% of homes in these opportunity zones saw their median home price jump in the first quarter of 2021 compared to the first quarter of 2020. 61% of homes in these opportunity zones saw a median home price jump of at least, at least 10% in once again, uh, Q1 of 2021 in comparison to 2020's first quarter. Now, the chief product officer, Todd Tetta at Adam Data Solutions said in a statement, some of the country's poorest neighborhoods continued riding the long national boom in home prices during the first quarter of the year, reaping increases that pretty much match those in more affluent areas. Now, we actually, if you remember, talked about this on Monday, not on Monday, I'm sorry, it was last week we talked about this. The Wall Street Journal reported, uh, Ben Eisen reported at the Wall Street Journal, that new data was showing that surging this surging housing market was boosting some of the cheapest homes all over the country. The uh, data, and that was from CoreLogic, found that zip codes where the median home cost less than $100,000 in early 2018 had seen a 42% rise in prices during that three-year period. I mean, that's, that's nuts. That's well over 10% a year. And we're actually going to talk about another Wall Street Journal piece here in just a second where you're seeing even faster growth. But I want, I, want, I want to focus on this real quick. So here you have the Wall Street Journal reporting that, or for, go back. First, we have this data from Adam Data Solutions that's pointing out that places where the government wants to see development happen, places that are probably have, you know, were, have been run down and the government wants to see these places rebuilt, that's what's happening. 
because people are moving there. So they're living up to their name of being an opportunity. People are seeing that opportunity. Then on top of it, you're seeing homes in those areas because of this development that's happening. You're seeing these homes jump up in prices. And then here's where it gets even better. So we mentioned this on the podcast earlier in the week. CoreLogic reported on this jump in rent that we had seen. It was like a 14-year high. But as if you remember, I mentioned the data, you know, the devil's in the details. And what they were talking about was high-end single-family homes saw the largest rent increase in 14 years. But what was also in the report was that lower-end attached properties, apartments, condos, things like that, they were seeing very little appreciation. And so you're looking at all of this data and you're seeing that rents are down for lower income individuals, lower income individuals that owns that own homes, their home prices are, are going up more than rich people. So just on that data alone, you're sitting there going, this is, this is what lawmakers dream about creating a situation where poor people who own a home, I don't want to say the term poor, low income, (laughs) poor is like a derogatory term. So I don't want to necessarily want to say that. So I'll say low income, people who are low income, if they own a home, they're seeing their prices appreciate faster than the affluent, which is something that, you know, oh, only rich people own homes and only rich people are seeing their values go up, not in this housing market. And then if they're not able to afford a home, let's say they can't find one, like I said, inventory is very low, rents are not appreciating or or I should say are barely appreciating. And so therefore, if they're going to rent something, this is the best time to do it. So if you're someone who falls into this category, if you're a low income individual, and that's always who lawmakers and policymakers are trying to help out. This is perfect. This is the perfect situation. If you own a home, you're doing great. If you don't own a home, you're doing great. So why do we keep hearing about all this concern about the housing market? I I guess it's because you got to look at the data. The devil's in the details, as I said. A lot of people don't. You know, they saw that CoreLogic report. Oh, 14 years high. Oh my gosh, rent is at all-time highs. It's not. Not for everybody. And so I think a lot of people, they just see the surface. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this podcast is dive into this data. So if there are problems with the housing market, if there are problems with mortgages, if there are problems with the economy, we're going to discuss it. But when there isn't, we're also going to talk about that. And it seems like everyone's freaking out. And I get it, right? I mean, we, we've, we have not seen development at the level that it should have been for years, if not decades. And so now we have an inventory problem. But this housing market is precisely what lawmakers want. So people that own homes are doing well, especially low-income individuals, and people who cannot afford to buy right now are actually seeing rents increase at the lowest level that we've seen in years. So, I mean, they, they, they should be having parties and parades (laughs) celebrating how this is a great development, but they're not. And it's because I think everybody, if you try hard enough, right, you can complain about anything, right? You can complain about it. Nothing is ever going to be perfect to air is to human. And so nothing is ever going to be perfect. And there's probably no better example of that than this piece that came out yesterday in the wall street journal. And it was talking about 
It was by Candace Taylor at the Wall Street Journal, and it was discussing how small town USA is really starting to feel the heat of this just overheating real estate market. And they mentioned that, for example, here was some of the areas they talked about. So I mentioned this home appreciation in places, you know, opportunity zones, which this would classify some of these places, uh, as well as homes that are probably at one point under $100,000. So they said that the, the, the metropolitan area surrounding Allentown, Pennsylvania has seen 24% appreciation. But they're not they're 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 far from the norm, and or I shouldn't say the norm. But other places have seen even greater appreciation. The median listed price for a home, like I said, jumped twenty four percent in January from a year earlier in the metropolitan area surrounding Allentown. It was the same in such spots such as Martin, Tennessee, a small city a hundred and fifty miles from Nashville, where the median asking price went up a hundred and fifty nine percent. In Kendonville, Indiana, about 30 miles outside Fort Wayne, it climbed 56%. So we're seeing small towns exploding. And now all of a sudden, these small towns that for the longest time, people were concerned if they were going to be able to survive. Everyone was migrating to the big cities. Now they are seeing a real estate explosion. And it's not just people moving there. It's not just transplants that are competing with locals. Local buyers are bidding against one another. But now they're also bidding against investors who now compromise about a fifth of the annual home sales nationally. Online platforms such as Bigger Pockets and Fundrise make it easier for out-of-town investors to buy real estate in smaller cities across the U.S. And so home prices are shooting to the roof. But what was very fascinating to me was that this article seemed to be focusing on a lot of locals who feel like they're just they're, they're, they're overwhelmed. And they're not able to find a house, and there and I'm already seeing the criticism arise where people are like, "Oh, this is horrible!" You know, these people live in these small towns, and now they can't even afford homes. And here's the problem. So, as I mentioned, for years people have complained that small town USA, more rural areas, were getting left behind. They were getting lost. Their populations were at best stagnating, but in the most likely scenario, were shrinking. They were getting older. Fewer people were working. Jobs were disappearing. And now all of a sudden we're hearing about, wow, these opportunity zones, other places, people are building, they're developing. Investors are coming in. They're fixing things up. They're buying homes. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, but now how home prices have gone up. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You basically have two scenarios. Or two choices. And these are extremes, and so usually it's somewhere in the middle. But you really have two choices. You can, one, have a shrinking population, a stagnating slash shrinking economy, and cheap homes. Or you can have a growing population with a growing economy and home prices that are going to grow with the economy. You can't have this like cafeteria economics where it's like, oh, we want good jobs. We want development. We want people moving here. We want to be a, a place that people want to move to. And then, but we want to have cheap homes. <laughs> it's just not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Unless, you know, the, like I said, the government can step in and put price controls on homes and say, okay, this house can only cost this and you can't sell it for any more. And then that's a bigger problem. But the law of economics, the law of supply and demand, it, when people 
move into these places, the home prices are going to go up. And it's, it, it's frustrating because what's happening right now seems to me so good. We talked earlier about this data. Look at these opportunity zones. You're seeing people in areas that the government has, they're calling them opportunity zones. Why are they calling them that? Because these are places that there's an opportunity to see growth. We're finally seeing that growth and home prices are rising. We're seeing home prices rise in small town USA. All of a sudden, people are wanting to move to these places. This is what people have been clamoring for. And then it's like, oh, but now the homes are are too expensive. (laughs) I mean, it's, what do you want? You get two options here. And, you know, maybe you'll be in a situation where you're going to see slow growth happen, but we're just we're just living in a different time where I just don't know if that's possible. And so the minute people start moving into an area and go, hey, this is a cool place, and then everyone starts moving there, yeah, you're going to see home prices jump up. Now, of course, what's happening right now is also very unlikely, or I should say it, it's not typical. I mean, you normally you don't see home prices jump like 10 20, 30% a year. It just, that's not, that's not normally going to happen. Okay. That's just, that's it, it. It's not. So I get why there's a lot of sticker shock right now, but we should be celebrating all of this data. We should be so happy. Opportunity zones are finally being utilized. There are opportunities there. Now, small town USA, people are moving back. This is great. <laughs> why are people upset about this? This is exactly what people have wanted. It's finally happening. So I think that we should be celebrating all of this data. And instead, everyone's like, oh, no, it's a housing bubble. Oh, no, housing prices are too expensive. It's it's like all this just garbage when it's actually good news. So it's good news. We should be happy about this. All right. Speaking of things to be happy about, I also want to mention before we run out of time, uh, we did have the weekly jobless claims come out yesterday and more good news. Uh, the claims fell under 450,000. I think in total, they were 444,000, a decrease of 34,000 from the previous week's revised levels. The now four-week moving average is 504,000, which is 30,000 from the previous week. And this is the lowest level we have seen since before the pandemic really took off March 14th, 2020. So great news. The only bad news, the only bad news I can report, and it's, I don't even know it's really bad news. I mean, once again, law of economics. It's it, it's so funny to me because it's like economics. The one thing I like about it is that there's there's no good, there's no bad. It's just that's what happens, right? That's what happens. And we've talked before about home prices, like home prices going up or down. It, it it's good and bad. If you're someone that's trying to buy, home prices going down, it's good for you. If you own a house, home prices going down is bad for you. And then flip. Home prices go up. If you're an owner, good. A buyer, bad. And so there's no evil. There's no, it's just, that's, that's just the way it is. And so mortgage rates, the reason I bring this up, mortgage rates, which for the last two weeks have fallen, uh, actually jumped up this week on average, according to Freddie Mac, it jumped up to about 3% on average. And... We haven't seen 3% since April. And like I said, it's not the two-week slide. And so people would say, oh, no, that's horrible, right? I'm in the mortgage industry. Oh, no, this is horrible. But it's not. I mean, that, that it, rates probably should go up. And so, and once again, and we're talking 3%. Like, we're going to get upset about a 3% mortgage rate. <laughs> I always tell people, when I bought my home, 
three years ago, my mortgage rate was 3.5%. And I told, I was going to tattoo it on my arm. Cause I said, no one's ever going to believe. Cause I, yeah, I never thought we'd see three and a half percent mortgage rates. And now and people over this last summer and last fall, you know, locking it at like two, five. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess in, in sort of this limited area of data, Oh no, 3%. But historically, I mean, the numbers are, this is an incredibly, incredibly low rate, but that's the only bad news I could find, which is like I said, historically is not bad news. 3% mortgage rates <laughs> on average are really pretty amazing. So let's go into the weekend. That's my goal. Let's go into the weekend. Let's be happy. Look at all this data. Make sure you, if you see a headline, read it, or just keep listening to this podcast. I'll let you know what's actually behind these headlines that you see. And so we should be celebrating. Opportunity zones are booming. Uh, Low-income individuals that own homes, their home prices are going up. Those that can't afford their rents are barely going up, which is good because normally rents go up X percent a year. So the fact that they're barely moving is great news. We're seeing small towns, people moving back there, home prices going up. It's all great news. All great news. Jobless claims are dropping. Summer is upon us, weather-wise. At least it does feel like that here in Wilmington. So let's be happy. Let's be happy going into the weekend. (laughs) I'm like yelling, be happy, be happy. (laughs) Uh, I'm happy, I'm happy. It's Friday, how can you not be happy? All right, you guys... Have a great day. Great weekend. I'll see you back here Monday morning. Uh, like I said, enjoy it. Don't forget, like, you don't say like and subscribe on podcasts, right? That's YouTube because there's no like. <laughs> I keep saying that, like and subscribe. That's YouTube. I, guess, I don't know why that's stuck in my head. I guess I watched too many YouTube videos. So subscribe, which I'm hoping many of you already are, and leave a good review. I'd appreciate it so then more people can find the podcast. Don't forget there's a companion newsletter. All of this data that we talked about, marketsandmortgages.com. You can find it and subscribe there. No like either there. So just subscribe. Subscribe to the newsletter and the podcast. So yes, enjoy. <laughs> Good thing we're running out of time here. I can't talk anymore. I used to be able to do a three-hour radio show. Now I can barely do 15 minutes. No, actually, we're almost going to hit 20 minutes today. All right, we got to go. I don't have to go, but I'm choosing to go. You guys, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.